Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 98 of the Curtain Call podcast. It's a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer, John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle. Our great producer, Dan Bassone, is with us as well. If you're not already doing so, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss the latest episode. Uh, John, lots to talk to you. Uh, talk about i guess i could say uh, you know what my words they're just not coming out because i'm so excited for old timers day coming up this weekend and honestly this little late september run adding a lot of juice to the uh to the end of the season for the yankees but let's start with some quick happy thoughts since this is episode 98 and sometimes we like to be corny here and the uh the 1998 yankees they're being celebrated this weekend at old timers day so when you focus on just the 98 yankees during those dynasty years, what comes to mind here? The 1998 team was obviously a dominant team. Uh, they wanted, considered one of the, the great teams in, in baseball history. Um, they had no weaknesses. So if you go up and down that roster, I mean, they had, they hit, they hit with power. They could uh, hit home runs, obviously. They could manufacture runs. They had starting pitching. They had Closer, they had the greatest closer ever, Mariano Rivera. They had some of the best middle relief pitching in the history of the game. Mendoza, and uh, they had Jeff Nelson, and they had Stanton, and I mean that that middle was as good as you could get. So they they had they had an answer. They had a great bench. I mean, players like I mean, it's like Strawberry and Reigns, and I mean the depth of that team was was not to be believed. And uh, they had absolutely, as I said before, absolutely no weakness. It's true. That's what made them such a great team. I, I, I mean, when you look at them and you line them up against who what are considered the greatest teams of all time, the Yankees will come out very very. That ninety eight team comes out very favorably. I don't know if it's the greatest team ever, but it's certainly in the conversation. It certainly is. You take all that for me, like as a as a young kid at that point, an eleven year old kid, and now when I look back on it as well, everything that you just said, and add on the toughness, because I think they displayed a level of toughness that we just don't see around Major League Baseball uh, in in this day and age. So that's why it's a uh, very memorable as they get celebrated, and rightfully so, coming up this weekend in the Bronx. Coverage on Yes for Old Timers Day uh, this Saturday, beginning at 11.30 a.m. It's going to be great. Derek Jeter is going to be back in the house. And I tell you what, John, you talked to many of those players on the 98 team over the recent weeks. I'm talking to guys like Coney and, and Jeff Nelson, saw Mike Stanton in Houston. They all talk about how special it is for Derek Jeter to be returning to the Bronx this Saturday. Oh, no question. I mean, uh, El Capitan, the captain. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, truly um, – one of the elite players in uh, the history of the Yankees and one of the great players in the history of baseball. You look at what he what he did and you look at the, his many accomplishments. And then first and foremost, the leadership that he showed uh, as a player. I mean, a great, obviously great skills as, as a baseball player. You know, he could he could hit, he could run, he could field, you know, and he had, a, he had an incredible knack for the clutch. I mean, every time a team needed a big play, whether it was go back and look at, the, especially the playoffs the, through the years, the, the, you go back and look every time the Yankees needed a big play, who was in the middle of it or who made it? It was Derek Jeter. Not no disrespect to a lot of great players. Yankees had great players on those teams, not good players, great players. But Derek was the, the best of the best. He just was. 
and the, 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 the you know you look at the the fortunes of the Yankees. They turned immediately, immediately upon the arrival of Derek Jeter. I mean, they knocked on the door in '95 a little bit. You know, when they they made the playoffs as a wild card, finishing September. I think they were 25 and seven their last 32 games or something like that. And they got they got into playoffs as a wild card. And that was great. It was a first step. But the but the reality is that they were just they were incredible. And uh, and uh, although I should say, you know, I should let me, let me I got to amend that a little bit. '94 they had a really good year, but this, you know, this obviously sort of. Um, sort of railroaded that and um, unfortunately but but uh so they were coming but Derek Jeter is really what put them over the top and and uh and the, those championships his arrival in those championships were not a coincidence let me just say this as an aside before we move forward to this week for uh, fans of a certain age like in my age group right here mid-30s uh Derek Jeter making his first old timers day appearance it's kind of like a life crisis for people my age we're officially <laughs> my- old this is uh this is dangerous territory here. I forget me for, if I'm if I'm mistaken yeah. here. Didn't you say uh you growing up you pulled for for Roger Maris? Yes. That was your guy. Oh so yes. Was- what was it like when he came out for his first old timers day? What what did that make you uh, feel like? It, I, I don't know if I felt old. I felt I felt just great. I felt gratified to see him again in a uniform, in a Yankee uniform. I always felt he should never have left. He went to the Yankees, traded him to the Cardinals, and you know, and uh, in, in like sixty, I guess sixty six, when they sort of fell off a cliff, they finished in last place after the dynasty years, and they were rebuilding. They started to rebuild, and and uh, and so I always felt like that was a major piece. I mean, that whole team was being was dismantled: the Whitey Fords and the Mickey Mantles and the Elston Howards, and et cetera. But they, they really needed to, to me. I was love Roger and so to see him back in a Yankee uniform meant everything to me and uh as, as I knew I mean I had a I didn't get say I had a really strong personal relationship with him although I did meet him and I did spend time with him at the end of his life actually when uh Bob Costas and I went to do an interview with him for NBC when I was at NBC and I was at the very end of his life and uh I got a chance to really talk to him and uh, get to know him a little bit better then, but uh but I must say that uh, he was very special as a person and as a player very special all right, here's something that's going to make us all feel old, and it pertains to the Yankees right now, the pre- present-day Yankees. They're having an interesting September, to say the least, and one of the highlights is 20-year-old Jason Dominguez. We'll touch on him in a moment, but let's just take a look at where the Yankees are at right now, John. Seven back with 22 to play as we record this on Friday, the day before Old Timers Day. Uh, look, very little margin for error. They fell to the Tigers on Thursday night, had a chance to sweep, they did not do it. All in all, though, the Yankees, at the moment, they have a realistic shot, but it's a very tall order. You're really in that middle space at that, that point here. L- let's put it this way. Over the next two series, they have three against the Brewers, a first-place team who have the Cubs hot on their trail. They also have four against the Red Sox. What would be an acceptable outcome for us to continue talking as if this third wild card is realistic. What do you think? At the worst, they got to go five and two. At the worst, they could go um, six and one. Then, But uh, they have to do something like that. They have to do major damage. I mean, ideally, they have to sweep. You're looking at sweeps, but then maybe they can lose one game out of the two series. But yeah, that's going to become a tall order because it's, it's not so much the games behind is, is enough, but the games remaining is really what's daunting. And and you remember you got teams ahead of you, so that's going to be a problem. And uh, 
And uh, look, look, they were on, they were, uh, there was no oxygen in the oxygen tent, okay, 10 days ago. There was none, okay? Now there is. There's a, there's a chance. They have a chance. They have a puncher's chance. Is it a great chance? I don't know. It's a great chance, but it's but they got a shot. And and let's face it. I mean, I, let's face this. Tell, tell let's call it what it is. They had, if you when this is over with, if they do not make the playoffs, they will look back and they will look at, they will look at the Chicago White Sox and they will look at, they will look at the Rockies and they will look at. They will look at the Cardinals, and they will look at teams that they should they they should have beaten. And they were there were numerous. I mean, this is the schedule was just littered with them, where they should have either swept those series or they should have at least won the series, and they didn't. There were five or six series that they played that they could have they should have done damage. They have they were looking at chances to really get fat on their record, and they just didn't come through. So they will look back on those ga- those series, those games, and say, like, we should have, even in the last series against the Red Sox, I mean, they get swept at Yankee Stadium. Uh, yeah. you know, They've they, lost eight of nine against the Red Sox at the moment. And the Red Sox were, were in last place most of the season. Mm-hmm. So everywhere you look, the Yankees had an opportunity to gain, and they didn't. Now, you could say the injuries and this and that. Yes, okay, that's fine. You, you can do all that. But the reality is the reality, and they didn't do it. So this is what they're faced with. They made the bed that they're in. So they they want to make the playoffs. Then they've got to start playing the playing the way that they should be playing, and and the infusion of youth is I think has really helped them a lot. And I you often wonder what would happen if Jason was Dominguez was here in the All Star break. Who knows? I mean that probably wasn't going to happen given his age and given where the Yankees were in the standings at the time. Probably not. But but anyway, it is what it is, and this is what we're faced with. They have to they can't look at this and say we have to do this, we have to do this. They have to play every game. It's a cliche, but it's true. You have to play every game one at a time. You have to go win that game, and then you worry about the next game. That's all they can do, and they can't worry about who's in front of them or who's behind them because it's not going to really doesn't matter. What matters is you, if you don't win, none of this matters. And they have a limited amount of games left, so they've got win how many games left did we talk about they have 22 at the moment 22 i mean they, they've got to they've got to win 16 of them they have to six maybe 17 of them to, to have to do this it's a lot but you know they this is they this is the first kind of run they've had the whole year they haven't had a great run the whole year that they haven't really put together they've had some nice little one two streaks but no no great run this is their chance to put a run together i, I know we lost to the tigers last night the yankees lost to the tigers last night i get it but the reality is it but but you've got these teams coming up. Some of these teams are good teams. You got to beat them. You absolutely have to do damage against the Red Sox and the, and the Jays. There's no question. You probably have to sweep them. But that's what they have to do. So they'll either do it or they won't. Well, those series against the Red Sox and the Blue Jays, those are those are the World Series in all, for yeah. all intents and purposes they're for, they're, for they're the Yankees. Games. Yeah, they're, they're they're playoff games. Um, yeah. and and this is where a game like Thursday night really does hurt you because you, you mentioned they probably have to win 17, 18 games the rest of the way. If you count last night's game as well, you lose that game to the Tigers. That's one less game you could afford to lose against a Blue Jays team or a Red Sox team. Those, those head to head matchups that are really important here down the stretch. And I'm with you. I mean, you're going to look back on series against the Rockies, the nationals, the white Sox, especially a series in St. Louis. But I also think you're going to be looking back uh, more recently on a game like Thursday night against Detroit, where sadly your, your starting pitcher and Carlos Rodon didn't give the team much of a chance to win. There was the series finale in Detroit where they could have finished off a sweep there. They lost in extra innings. Those are really the only two losses this team has had over the last week. Plus and over that time, the other teams that they're trying to catch, they were losing. So this is how they made up a lot of ground. I think they cut four games off the deficit in a week's time. The odds of that happening again are kind of small as well. But all in all, this is a good place to be. Like you said, 
two weeks ago, we weren't having these conversations. And it did not look like we were going to have these conversations if you fast forward to the present day. So this is all of a positive right now. It's making September very interesting here. Um, I'm also wondering this because it's been brought up in the news here and the Yankees in this process, they crept back to 500. How important do you think it is to the organization to finish above 500 and keep that streak going? Is it just a number or is there anything behind that is there any pride behind that no of course i mean i would think there's pride behind it you don't want to have a losing season but i mean the yankees don't go into any every any season that they've ever played in in my lifetime with the with the mentality that well if we finish above 500 it's a great season Mm -hmm. no it's not and that's not acceptable to this organization and it's not acceptable to the, the fan base. But, you know, considering where we were and how much we've struggled and, and, and the problems that we've had this year, you know, if they finish over 500, it's, you know, it's an accomplishment only given where we were and what we were, the numbers that we were star- starkly looking at. So, you know, I, I think it's it's something to look, you look for positives wherever you can get them. And the Yankees right now have some positives and they're, they're, they're the kids, the kids are playing well, I mean, for the most part in that. And, you know, it's given them some life and, you know, I'm excited. You know, we we, we started talking about Dominguez a little bit. It excites me. It's uh, mm-hmm. judged together. Exciting to watch that. I mean, I, that's, that, that's worth putting on the TV or worth going to the game for because you want to see them play in it because you don't know what they're going to do. And what they, and when they do, they produce, they produce mightily. And so far, you know, the, the Martian, uh, the uh, whatever the nickname, but it's great nickname. He's plays playing really well, and he's exciting the fan bases. What we need to do, we have to look to positives for next year. No matter what, no matter this year's going to end, whether we make the playoffs or we don't, we have to look to next year. And and and, and you pencil him in the outfield, and then you say something, and that bat in that ballpark, the way it's that's the way he seems to hit right now. I mean, I don't see the reason why they're going to slow him down. It's like this is this is truly something to get excited about. All right, the nickname here. Do you like the Martian or do you like the Spanish version, El Marciano? Which one's better? I don't, you know, I don't. Oh, I don't. I, I'm not going to get into the John Sterling and everybody else, the nickname stuff. It's, it's great. We're going to call him, say, I call him productive and I'm happy. Let's call him productive. That makes me happy because he's productive. Yeah. And that's what we need. We need, a, we need a productive player in the middle of that order. And he's going to, he's, he's, so far, he seems like he's fit the bill. He's as advertised. And, you know, it's a lot to put on a 20 year old kid. It's so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've seen a lot of players come up and fade phenoms and never quite they make great starts. They don't quite have careers like that, but you, that's all to be written said. But right now it's something to hang your hat on. It's something to have fun with, and it's something to get excited about. David Cohn, I thought put it perfectly. You, you kind of touched on the same along the same lines as well. Like the Yankees became entertaining and electric overnight. They became athletic overnight with the inclusion of these rookies, mainly with Jason Dominguez, Austin Wells behind the plate. You have Peraza and Pereira doing what they're doing. You're obviously adding all that to Anthony Volpe, who's been here since the beginning. And they've helped the Yankees become more athletic overnight. I always go back, though, to... The old baseball adage, never believe what you see in March, never believe what you see in September. So with that being said, how much of this September sample should we buy into for the future? Well, I'll answer it like this. You know, you've got two series. You had Houston and you had Detroit. Now, Detroit is not one of the better teams in the American League or baseball. We think we recognize that and the fact that the Yankees should have swept them is disappointing that we didn't. However, Houston, Houston's fighting for its playoff life. Houston is Houston. 
And Verlander was Verlander. I mean, you could say whatever you want. It's like they weren't laying down. They weren't. They weren't going through the motions. They weren't looking at players to see what they've got for next year. They're playing for their playoff lives. Those were three big games in their ballpark. That to me was a statement of some sorts. It's like the Yankees certainly weren't laying down. Certainly not. I mean, if they were, then they wouldn't have swept the Astros, the team that really desperately, the Yankees need this too, but Houston is realistically fighting for a, a playoff spot. The Yankees have a shot. The Astros are, are right in it right now. Right, The, in the, the Astros are fighting for a pennant. I mean, yeah, they're right. They're they they, they want to World Series. I mean, they yeah. have that potential. For the Yankees to do what they did, and for the kids to play the way they did, and for the other players to perform the way they did, shows you that the Yankees have heart, They've got they've got some game and they're and they're you know and they're and the kids are are performing you know above expectations that's above expectations so they beat them three games in a ballpark that go through the years I mean we we've not had that success the last couple of years in that park in, in, in those situations so it's a credit to the the team it's a credit to their attitude it's a credit to the young players I'll say what most impressed me that series with with Dominguez. And I, I got to call those games on the radio, which is awesome. But obviously him facing Verlander, great. What jumped out at me more was facing Christian Javier, because this is a postseason tested pitcher who does not throw all that hard. And fastballs are one thing. I think that the changeups, the pitch that's probably toughest for young young players to come up and adjust to. Christian Javier throws a bunch of off-speed pitches that are designed, off-speed and breaking pitches that are designed to miss the barrel of the bat for his opponent. And you didn't see many fastballs. You saw a lot of changeups, sliders to Jason Dominguez in his first couple at-bats. He made that adjustment. He hit that home run to give the Yankees the lead against Javier on a slider. So the pitch recognition was something that jumped out to me early. And I know, look, teams are going to adjust. There's going to be the scouting report once there's enough data on these players, they're going to go through their growing pains for sure. But that was a little glimpse for me that says, hmm, this guy, 20 years of age, this kid's smarter beyond his years. And that's really impressive. That's part of the reason uh, why everyone lauds his ability at the plate. And and it, again, just one at bat, but that showed me a lot. So that's a big reason to for me to believe that the stock is real here. I mean, we've saw in the past the... Sample sizes of the Greg Birds, the Mike Fords, I mean, the Miguel Andujars, they've all been there. It's a cautionary tale. You don't want to believe what your eyes tell you in September, but I feel like this is different for this specific player. I think the the hype is real, for sure. Um, and and look, that was a little peek into it right there with that series in Houston. Look how their offense has struggled the whole year. Yeah. All right. Now Judge is returned, and I mean Judge is showing. I mean, if he'd stayed healthy, he would hit seventy home runs. He could hit seventy home runs. Okay, so Judge is not obviously is great to have back. I mean, he's the key to their that team, obviously, right? But the way the Martian has contributed in a small sample size, Lemayu kind of coming back from really two years of injuries, to be honest with you, and struggling, and you know, and now he seems to find his sea legs a little bit more. And then uh, I think that's a credit to Sean Casey. I mean, that's what I've been told that Sean Casey has made a big difference in with Mayo. So that, that whatever it is, he's playing certainly playing better. So and you got Volpe continuing to improve, you know, continuing to improve. So you know, this been and, and Volpe's a major leaguer for sure, and he's a good yeah. one. He could, he's going to be a good one. He's going to be a good one. I don't, a great one. I don't, time will tell. He's great, but he's good. And, and and I like what I'm seeing in him. You know, I, I, his arm is a little sus as a, for a shortstop. He's a little suspect. But is it though? I think he covers it up fine. 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's got great range. His range obviously helps him cover up the, the the arm thing a little bit. A little bit more arm strength would have been would would be would be more desirable, I think. A short yeah. Stop. Well, who's to say it can't get stronger? Well, that's true. You don't you know? know that. But but I will tell you this: if the Peraza can play short, and no, I know he can play short. He's got a hit. If he can hit, then you got you could you know you could move. Volpe can wind up being a second baseman. I don't know what Torres's future is here. I have no idea what the Yankees will do. I mean, got one more year left in his contract. He wants to be a free agent. I have no idea what he wants to do. The Yankees want to sign him long term. That remains to be seen. But the Yankees have options there in that middle if they want to do it. They'll see how it goes. I mean, but Peraza is really a really strong defensive shortstop. And so, I mean, Volpe's been good. I'm not going to say that. I thought he did a nice job. And I like the way I like his I like his hitting, especially when he, when he stops uppercutting because he uppercuts too much and it's yeah. his problem at the plate. If he stops uppercutting and level it out a little bit. I, I he could be he really could be a force as a, an offensive force. So you know, the, the, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential for those spots. The other areas of the team that need needs work. They need work. They've got to figure out what they're going to do. They have to target two. They have to target one or two two free agents that are really going to help them be regular players for them next year and make solid contributions for them. They're going to need to do that. They need they need outfield help for sure. You know, they they're going to need a center fielder. You know, or maybe a center fielder depending on what, what they do with you know with the with the with Dominguez. left field. Yeah, so, exactly. So they're going to need they need left field for sure. So they're going to need help uh, out there for sure. And and they need look the, the you know uh, the, the see how the catching thing progresses, how it does. You know, I I, I like I like what I've seen behind the plate. Uh, but but I, I and I know he can hit, but I don't. Um, you know, I don't catching to me is I don't know. I, I don't I don't. I think it needs a little work. It needs to develop there. I think it needs to develop as a catcher. But but I like what I'm seeing there. And, you know, but you've got other positions on the team that, you know, quite candidly, they have to sort of work on. And what's Rizzo's future? You know, I love Rizzo as a person and a player, a great, great player. But, but the concussions, I don't know how long that will work to clear itself up. But sometimes those things go on for a long time. And uh, he's in the last year of his contract. They're going to have to look at that situation. They have to look at a number of situations. You know, starting pitcher, probably for sure, I would think. Uh, they're going to do that. And bullpen help, always need bullpen help, always be play, playing with that bullpen, particularly, if, you know, it's King. Goes into the rotation, which you know the, the, looks like that's where they're, they're headed. So you know they got a lot of things to consider, but they but they're not without assets and they're not without a uh, you know things that they could do that will make them better. We'll forecast the the last remaining weeks of this season, but I want to just pose this to wrap up a bow on the the Yankees standing for that third wild card at the moment. So you have three against the Brewers here this weekend, four at Fenway against the Red Sox, and then a three game set with the Pirates in Pittsburgh before you come back home for the final homestand. And that includes a series against the Blue Jays and a Diamondbacks team that's still in the thick of the wild card race uh, in the National League. John, will the final homestand feature meaningful games for the Yankees? I think so. I think they will. I think it will feature them. But you're going to have your answer in really quick order because – these, the, the, before you get to that home, obviously you've got the road trip, and I'm sorry, you've got the games at home against the Brewers this weekend as we as we record this, and you've got the Red Sox at, on at, uh, on the road. Right then, and that's it, right there. If they the, those those what is it, six games or seven games, six or seven games there, yeah, those games there will obviously decide their fate because, or if that's going to matter or not, because if they don't go at least five and two or six and one or whatever, they're. Uh, 
that's it. The, that will be it for them. It has to be. There's just too few games left. There's games they have to make up in the standings, and they got these two teams ahead of them. And that's and they've got, you know so that's going to be tough to to. It's just too much to overcome in a short period of time. Too little, too late, really. So, but but if they could do that, and they they're capable of it. But the Brewers are a really good team, and the Red Sox are playing much better of late, much better. So the Yankees, it's a tall order. But if they could do that. They've got they've they've got a shot. They, I mean, it's, like I said, it's a puncher's chance. It's not a great shot, but they got a shot. And and again, if they don't, they have no one to blame but themselves because they put themselves there. Yep, it's a larger shot than we had ten days ago. So that that's that's larger. the important part, I guess, to look at. But yeah, we could find out as soon as Monday. You know, you have a bad series against the Brewers, either the Blue Jays or the Rangers, kind of turn it around a little bit. They've kind of been, both been losing their way more so with the Rangers recently. But if they have a productive weekend. Then again, we could find out as soon as Monday. And little footnote here: the Rangers and the Blue Jays playing one another beginning on Monday. So when the Yankees are in Boston, it's the Rangers and the Blue Jays going head to head. If one team jumps out and maybe pulls off the sweep over another, and the Yankees aren't keeping up, then it's probably over as well. So it's a tall order. They're up against the clock here, but bottom line is. We're talking about it, right? This is yeah, and the bottom line, going the bottom, through these scenarios. You just said it. The bottom line is you just said it. The bottom line is this: they got to win. It doesn't really matter yeah. who. I mean, they got to play these teams. That's the schedule. You got to yeah. win. You got some good teams in there. You got some teams that are maybe a little less than good. You got to beat them. It doesn't matter. You got to take every. It's a cliche. Take every game at a time, but at a time and all that stuff. Yes, I get it's a cliche. That's for the players. I feel. Yeah, but you know what? It's also it's, we also have to look at it as fans. One game at a time. One game at a time. Yankees win, great. We'll move on to the next one. Keep going, keep going, keep going. That's all you can do. It's in, it's not, it's not, Chris, fate, destiny is really not in your hands. Yeah. Because All right. Long, long, long-term long, contention or not here the rest of the way in September. Biggest thing to watch over the final few weeks of the season as it relates to the 2024 roster. What is it? Biggest thing to watch as it relates to the 2020, uh, probably King. Yeah. Yeah, with Dominguez, That's why I would go to. Yeah, Dominguez, I mean, obviously, I mean, if he continues to play, I mean, he, look, he's going to be in spring training. He's probably going to make the team next year, no matter what happens. If, unless he you know, goes over the rest of the season, I got to believe that. And that's not going to happen. I believe that he's going to be a force. So, but King certainly is, uh, and moving into starting rotation is, is huge because you, know, you got question marks about Nestor and, and his health and Severino's future, how long he's going to, he stays with, with how they're going to figure that out. If he stays at all, you know, you've got, you've got questions about the starting pitching. So they've got to, Figure that out, and then uh, you know you might as well try. look. Starting pitching is the single biggest thing you have in the game. It's the single biggest thing, biggest thing there is to develop. You have to draft it if you can. You draft it and you develop it because then you can control it for six years. Otherwise, you have to go to the free agent market. It costs you a fortune to get starting pitching on it. Costs you a fortune, whether it's in whether it's in money uh, to spend to, to to sign free agents or pitchers, or it's you know it's prospects that you have to give up to acquire it. I mean, it's it's a tremendous. Uh, drain in, in terms of acquisition costs so and that's still not a guarantee it's still not a guarantee exactly so you know the the yankees need to sort of they, they've got king they've got him under control they've got to be able to see what he could do in that spot i mean they they've got to try things like that but you don't you listen you, you never know where, where it goes and sometimes it's happened before i've seen great starting pitching and then all of a sudden we fail for whatever reason they go to bullpen they become successful starters some relievers have gone the other way gone to stars have been very successful you don't know there's no blueprint a great arm is a great arm and sometimes some people are a little late bloomers i don't know the yankees must see something there that they like a lot to say let's try it they've got Nothing to lose by trying it, especially now, the rest of the season, especially given it's every couple of days. But they'll try it. And look, the, they're gambling a little bit because if he can't do it, 
and he falls on his face, then it's a game they lose that they can't afford to lose. But you know, they, they, look, he's he's got enough weapons in his arsenal to believe that he can get it done, that he could do it. And the Yankees believe in him, that we should believe in him too. All right, one more thing before we get out of here for for this episode. Obviously, the Yankees are in their own situation, but which playoff race is intriguing you the most right now? Whether it be a specific division or the wild card races, which is most intriguing for John J. Filippelli at the moment? Well, obviously, the wild card is very intriguing to me because of the presence of the Yankees. But putting that aside for a second, the the American League West, I mean, is just. I mean, the fact that then there's going to be a showdown series, which will make it really interesting. We you got Seattle, you got Houston, you got uh, the Rangers. Uh, the Rangers are in an epic collapse. I mean, this is kind of an epic collapse. You know, uh, I, you know, I, 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 it's interesting. Out of spring training, I picked the Mariners, and they, for half the season, they didn't show up. I mean, and I said, oh, it happens. I guess, yeah, yeah, it happens. What do I know? I, mean, I, I like them. I, I saw them play last year. I saw a lot of potential in them. I thought they'd even be better this year. Made some acquisitions I like. You know, I, I I really thought a lot of them, and they didn't play. But then they caught fire, and they're playing like the team that they probably should have played. Like, you know, Houston is Houston. You know, they're they're getting older. They have had some injuries, some prominent injuries have hurt them. But the truth of the matter is, they still have a really strong record, and they're still the Houston Astros, and they they're very capable of going to the World Series. They just are. So you know, you don't want to discount them. And then there's the Rangers who just, you know, I I, I thought it would be an improved team, but I didn't see them as a playoff team. And then they got up and they lit the world on fire for a while. And I said, wow, where's that coming from? But I guess, you know, uh, they made some interesting acquisitions and and it uh, really paid off for them. Uh, they did some interesting things, but but, but then, then, they, then they struggled mightily. The collapse has been really sort of epic. So I don't know, but it's going to be a great race down the end. That's for sure. So that intrigues me too. Going back to what we were talking about, pitching. The Rangers are a perfect example. You can stockpile as many arms as possible. You can import as many pitchers as possible. People get hurt. People become ineffective. They run down at the end. Their bullpens in shambles right now. Well, I cannot pick the AL West because you just picked them. So let me go with the NL Central. So that's something that's kind of close to the home to the Yankees this weekend. The Brewers are in first place. The Cubs right on their tails. For much of this season, the Cubs were the only team in that division with a uh, a positive run differential. They scored more runs than they allowed. Whatever it is, again, I think the Cubs are right now two games behind, maybe a game and a half. They're keeping pace with the Brewers. The Cubs have arguably the Cy Young frontrunner in Justin Steele at the rotation that nobody talks about. He kind of has just willed himself this entire season to force people to talk about him for that Cy Young award. They have him at the top of the rotation. They have players who have won championships in the past. They have Cody Bellinger on that team. Um, I'm, I'm missing – I know they have Jan Gomes, who who was the catcher for the Nationals, and I'm missing someone else there that was uh, popped into my head. I can't think of it right now. But I, I believe they have three people who know what it takes to go the distance here, win a World Series. And it's going to bother me as I keep talking about it. i got to look up okay. this player, John. But okay. – um, okay. But they they have it. That's the point. They they know what it takes there to guide that clubhouse. And I just think the Cubs, if they get in, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be able to contend with the Dodgers or the Braves. Obviously, that's why you have these series. But I think that they are are dangerous as far as the division goes. So I'm intrigued with that. Um, I could they, see that. 
They were an afterthought. You know, a lot of people at the beginning of the year wrote them off. They didn't see, see them going anywhere. They struggled mightily in the beginning of this for a while, for the season. They weren't playing well at all. And then things started coming. You're right about Steele. I mean, Steele, you never, no one ever talks about Steele. Mm -hmm. Steele's really good. He's really good. And nobody really talks about him. But, but you know, but, and, and, and he's passed the point of sneaking up on anybody you know when you're a young favorite uh, candidate which he is i mean he could win it he could absolutely win it I yeah mean, just no one really talks about him no but that doesn't mean he can't win it right right you no know, i mean i think uh by, by the way i think i think cole has got an excellent chance to win the Cy Young. same here that's a big reason to watch yeah, the yankees the rest of the way as well absolutely yeah all right well uh we've reached the end here john anything else before we land the plane no, it's old timers day is going to be exciting. The weekend series against the Brewers will be be exciting, and then next week, you know, you've got uh, you've got our friends in Boston, you know. So that that's going to be an interesting couple of days. I mean, it's uh, look, I don't know how this all ends, you know, but for right now, the Yankees are, still have a chance, and uh, the games are going to matter. So you know, it's going to be a good good watch to see what happens, and I'll continue to track the kids and see their progress. And it's it's um, it's fun. It's right now, it's a fun time, and. You know what, what? 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 We were in a shambles for a while. Let's face it. We'll call it what it was. It was a shambles. Um, and now it seems to be things are a little bit better. And uh, you know, I don't know that uh, when the season is over, how this will all play out. But I, but I do know that right now things are better than they were. And big, uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you got to feel hopeful. And if you want to compare it to those times just a couple of weeks ago, it makes it exciting. It makes September a reason to watch. So just buckle up and take what's in front of you and and enjoy it here. Whether it be the young kids, the pitching that's been strong so far and just this wild card race overall bottom line is we have a meaningful september series coming up at fenway park yankees and red sox it feels like that we've been fighting against having meaningful series with this rivalry all year long but both teams are doing their job here and both are still trying to fight for that playoff spot so it is a good thing when that rivalry has something on the line here in the regular season all right that's going to do it here for this episode another quick reminder Old Timers Day coverage on Yes begins at 11.30 this Saturday. You don't want to miss it. The 1998 squad getting honored here at the stadium. Derek Jeter and the rest of those top players from that wonderful, wonderful team to highlight the late 90s dynasty. They will all be there. You don't want to miss it. Again, 11.30 a.m. on Yes. For John J. Filippelli, for our great producer, Dan Basson, this is Justin Shackle. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Curtain Call Podcast, a production of the Yes Network. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, folks.